0: Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Doc Talk! I am joined once again by the one, the only at Rach Noel. Uh, how do you spell that one on twi- uh the Twitter handle?
1: R-A-C-H-H-N-O-E-L-L-E.
0: Yeah, that the second H always throws me off. So,
1: yeah, you know. why
0: is there a second H? Is is that like a middle name, or is it uh, just because the other handle was not available.
1: Someone else is named Rach Noel with one H. All
0: right. So you just so, threw another H know. in there.
1: All right. There you go. All right. Go.
0: Get the H in. All right. I hear you. <laughs> so uh, we had a previous Doc Talk episode where we talked a little bit about uh, your experiences at NXT Albany. Um, that was a great nice. show, as I understand it. You were a big fan. Uh, so, I mean, I guess I, I, I just got to ask you real quickly, are you looking forward to TakeOver coming up uh, ahead of WrestleMania?
1: I've been really bad on keeping up with NXT's latest happenings. So, if, oh, I'm good. Being Me too. Honest, if I'm being completely honest, I'm a horrible wrestling fan. I'm not even sure what the matches are, but it's TakeOver, so I'm going to watch it. Yeah, love every it'll be it, great.
0: I'm actually not sure what the matches are either. If I had to guess, it's Bobby Roode versus Shinsuke, but I don't actually know.
1: I thought he was feuding with Cassius. Oh, no. Which one? What do you mean? Oh, Bobby
0: Roode. Oh, no! I know, I missed my cue. Oh, no! But, uh, yeah. Uh, Okay, that's possible. I mean, I don't actually know. I can't say. I watched NXT last week or the week before, but that's the only time I've seen it in, like, the past... Six weeks, maybe? So, who knows? Who knows? Uh,
1: yeah, I watched a little bit on the network. Um, what was it? Monday? Whenever I had a day off. Oh, I took a day off on Monday, and I watched it Monday. Okay. And, uh, I'm, so, I'm two weeks two weeks behind.
0: All right. Well, uh, as much as I'd love to just keep picking your brain about NXT, that is uh, not why we are here. Uh, in fact... No. You have a background you have a history if one could say with i would say independent wrestling in well the northeast as well as elsewhere if i'm recalling um
1: i've been to shows elsewhere um mainly in the northeast though i haven't really been outside of new england slash the mason dixon line for shows
0: okay uh, but in terms of your unique sort of history with the independent scene, uh, you know, why don't you just sort of tell us what that history entails? Like, what did you do? Uh, and so forth.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, first I was a psycho fan who went to all the shows and tried to, you know, meet everybody. And I was a stalker, basically. <laughs> uh, after that, um the gentleman I should say that I was dating at the time got involved with a local promotion and started bringing me to shows where they then enlisted my help. Um, so that's how I kind of got started when we were no longer together, they still enlisted my help. And so I kind of came into my own. Um, but that's how I got started. And I worked with one specific company, I want to say for about eight years. Okay. Um, Moved away for a while, so I stopped working with them. And as soon as I moved back, they were like, please come back. So I did that for another year or so, and I'm just starting to get out of that now. All
0: right. So, uh woo! Alarms going off. Sirens blaring. This is the first person with, I think, any sort of actual industry experience appearing on the DDT airwaves. And hey. so that is a bit of a monumentous occasion, I suppose. Although I will say, DCA... And myself, we, we've we've long sort of said we didn't just want to be. It's it's strange, right? Because because most people who start wrestling podcasts, they want to talk to wrestlers, they want to talk to people in the business, they want to do interviews. It's how you get noticed, right? It's how you build your fan base. Mm-hmm. It's how you right. you start getting recognized. That has never been our goal, I, and I don't know why. I I think we're just sort of happy to have an excuse to talk. To each other as old-time friends who aren't very good at communicating, aren't very good at actually, you know, um, hanging out and things like that. It it gave us an excuse to talk to each other regularly, so, I mean, the whole thing that people actually listen to us, I think, is a a neat side effect, certainly. Um, But, that said, not our intentions. I didn't seek you out, certainly. In fact, you sort of just fell into... The proverbial podcast lap, if it were, uh, through association with uh, our previous guest, uh, The Arsicist. So you sort of just fell into our lives, and I just think it's a weird series of circumstances that have led us uh, to you being here today to actually talk about those experiences in the industry.
1: Yes, and... I love talking about them. It was a huge part of my life. It was a huge part of my growing up. I, this this all happened in my twenties, basically, from the time I was twenty to now. I'm twenty nine, um, so this all was really my twenties. I didn't go out and party. I went to wrestling shows. Um, and well, there actually, are worse things. There are worse things, and. That's, you know, how my mom looked at it when I was 16 and getting (laughs) dropped off at the Civic Center for SmackDown. Her friends were like, you know, she could be out doing horrible things. She's at a wrestling show. She's safe. She's surrounded by people. She'll be fine. Um, So, you know, perspective. But it is kind of funny because the first time we met, we realized that we both had... That's when I realized you had the podcast. And... You were associated with New Age Insiders and that we both knew Tony S. Right. And that was a pretty funny connection because he's, you know.
0: I'm trying to remember. I for years. I met Tony uh, at a Smackdown, Smackdown recently. Yeah. But I can't remember. Did I meet him before or after I met you? After. After. Okay. After. All right. I so that, I knew him hey, before like... you, but I didn't meet him until
1: after. Mm-hmm. All right. Exactly. So, pretty funny. Wrestling's a small world. It is.
0: And getting smaller all the time with, you know, the internet (laughs) and the internet wrestling communities and that sort of thing. Uh, So, now, I noted that when you gave your little introduction to some of your history here, you didn't name the promotion uh, that you were associated with. So, I'm not going to name it, because I assume that might have been intentional.
1: Yeah, that's intentional. Especially if I share some of these stories. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. So fair enough. Um, so let's start slow. You say that
1: okay.
0: they, they, they looked, they, this promotion brought you on, I forget what the exact words you used, was your assistance, perhaps? I, I forget exactly what yes. you said. But what yep. the, those early days, what did you do? What What was your role?
1: Pretty much consistently for the eight years, I worked there and great. Um, all of their shows start with a meet and greet about two hours before bell time. Um, because they don't just bring in local guys, they bring in the biggest names in the business. I have no problem talking them up, they're a great place, but they bring in the biggest names in the business. So, I started working the meet and greets, um, because that's where they put people that they trust to handle the money. Um, we take the money, we take the fans' pictures, we keep a tally of you know, who gets an eight by 10 because then they work with the talent to split that, to split that money. However, they've agreed that I have no idea. They're just told, I'm just told, Tally, give us the envelope when you're done. Okay. Um, so for the eight years, I very consistently worked with Velvet Sky. Um, part of that was because we worked very well together. The other part of that, and they will admit this, they did not trust me working with a lot of the talent because they knew I'd be all googly eyed and not do my job. Um, and I had a blast with her. We're still very good friends to this day. We still talk all the time. Um, finally introduced her to the artist a couple months ago. So, you know, she was great to work with. Um, so that's pretty much what I did. As time went on, I started doing setup. So I would set up all the chairs. I'd make sure they were all set up correctly. I would boss around guys that are on Ring of Honor. I'm setting up half my chairs. All
0: right. But before we move on to the setup stuff, um, this yes. is maybe opportune or maybe inopportune, depending on how you feel about the question. You can say pass if you don't want to talk about it. That's perfectly fine. Okay. But you mentioned uh, Velvet Sky, who has been a little bit in the rumor sheets recently. I don't know if you... I'm curious what your opinion is on this, saying that you have known her, you have worked with her, you, you, you've you maintained some sort of a, a friendship as well. Uh, so there was a rumor, again, pure rumor, unsubstantiated, this could be completely false, that... um. Bully Ray had been in some negotiations to return to formerly TNA Wrestling, now Impact Wrestling. I guess they've done away with the TNA name. Uh, He had been in negotiations, I think, with Dutch Mantel and Jeff Jarrett, who are now overseeing creative down there. And one of the things that came up during those negotiations was if he was coming back, of course, Velvet Sky was also coming back, and apparently Jeff Jarrett balked the moment her name entered into the negotiations shut it down said no way don't want her back and i don't understand why that could possibly be i don't know her personally but like she was a workhorse for tna and impact wrestling i feel throughout certainly throughout the days that I watched TNA back in the heyday, the beautiful people paired with Angelina love. And even well after that, I think she became sort of a star singles attraction of their knockouts division, as it was called at the time. And it might still be now. Um, So I just thought that was very strange, especially because I think she was there and a key piece of that company. When Jeff Jarrett was previously in charge so I was surprised to hear, her. I mean, obviously I've never heard if they've had some sort of falling out or anything like that, and certainly I don't know whether you know about that or not, but I just thought that was very strange. Um, it sounds like, to me, she's a very nice individual.
1: Um, yeah, I haven't heard that. I know that if they wanted her back, I don't think she would say no. Um, I, To my knowledge, she has no interest in going to WWE, uh, just based on what I've Seen and heard. Um, as far as her work ethic, she is the absolute best. Um, I've never heard any complaints, you know, from anyone in the locker room. I've dri- I've driven with her to shows, um, and she's she's awesome, you know, and she's very happy with Bully Ray, and you know, good for her and. He's, like, you hear stories. But, uh, you
0: hear stories about some people who are difficult to work with. You hear stories about some people who who don't... I, like, I've never heard a bad word about her until this supposed... And, you know, I, this is, again, this is all rumor-mongering. Th- there could be no truth to this at all. You know what I mean? Right. So, whatever. I just... I did want to... Just something I had heard recently, I wanted to mention it. It doesn't seem like that's...
1: That just doesn't seem right to me. Something about that doesn't... I can vouch that she's not difficult to work with or be in the locker room with at all.
0: Great. Glad to hear it. Not at all. What about Angelina Love?
1: I've worked with her a couple times. We did bring in them together. Oh, really? So I would work at their table together. There was actually one point where I had to stand on the table and tell people to get back because they were being, like, bombarded. Um... Little, you know, you know how tiny I am getting table and yelling, but um, no, she's she's wonderful too. Um, We didn't bring her in too much. After a while, she eventually, you know, got married and had a baby and things like that. But when she was there, she was fine. Um, There was a show where they they were at separate tables along with Paul London, and the three of them were fighting over who I would work with. Um, So yeah, no, they're they're wonderful. Both of them are
0: great glad to hear it yeah so you were starting to talk about setting up chairs oh,
1: chairs. i had to set up all those chairs i would get a seat map from the promoter and i would find any wrestlers that i could um, obviously you know rick flair wasn't helping us set up chairs but you know the local guys um <laughs> the local guys and our other staff members and I would put somebody in charge of each section, and I would walk around and make sure that they were spaced correctly, numbered correctly. It, it was a very trying process. <laughs> but it was so fun. How many pe- it was fun. how many
0: people does it take to set up the chairs?
1: I probably had five people in all four of my sections. Okay. Setting up the chairs. Because they had to be all set up, like, the way that the rows are set up, they had to be spaced correctly. And they also had to be numbered correctly based on the sheet seat map that I had.
0: Now, so what about the ring itself? Were you ever involved in that setup process, or just observing it?
1: <sighs> oh, I watched it all the time. I didn't touch anything. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't go near that. Um, but I've watched it being set up and taken down multiple times.
0: How complicated of a process does that appear to be?
1: It's hard. Um, the hardest part that it always looked to me was the turnbuckles and the ropes because they had to be tight enough. There were times still where certain matches, they had to run in, in between and retighten the ropes or retighten the turnbuckles because it has to be a certain way. The mat is all wood. So when you hear them fall, they are fall, there's no cushion. There's no nothing. They are falling on wooden planks. So that's all, you know, completely legit. Um, but yeah, no, it's tough. You have to be a lot stronger than I am to do that.
0: Oh, fair enough. <laughs> All right. So, in terms of, I guess, moving beyond some of these these daily duties, unless there's anything else that you wanted to add.
1: Those were my main responsibilities. Those are my main responsibilities. I mean, a lot of my stories that I know you're going to eventually ask about happen. After shows, uh, we always used to have after show parties. That's when a lot of stuff happened. And some of my stories even happened when I was just a fan or a friend of some of these guys and we were out and about. And they're all guys that so, everyone listening will know.
0: <laughs> so, what is an after party like for one of these events?
1: So much fun. When you're 21, 22, 23, and a huge wrestling fan. It is so much fun to be on the same guest list as Christian and Kurt Angle, um, but sometimes we would just go to a local wrestler's house and hang out with Kevin Nash, and that was the after party. Um, so, no, however it was, it was a good experience and it was fun. Um, sometimes, I mean, I could get into my absolute favorite after party story right now since we're kind of segueing into it, and I wrote them all down. <laughs> It was 2009 and, uh, <laughs> and every single staff member, main staff member, we all went out to a nearby bar and we were with Rowdy Rowdy Piper and that man bought 3,000 bottles or 3,000 bottles, $3,000 bottles of alcohol for anyone who wanted them, just like tossed it And he asked me if I wanted to drink, and I'm like, I don't really drink. And he's like, you do tonight, sweetie. And he bought me shot after shot after shot. I've never drank it so much in my life. But when Roddy Roddy Piper is buying you alcohol, you can't say no. I was legal. I was legal. But he was not going to let me say no. So, But that was one of the most fun nights of my life. we took a picture together, and he has his arm on my wrist, and it's huge. <laughs> and uh, he was—he so <laughs> was—that's one of my favorite favorite memories that I have.
0: So, going out with Rowdy Piper, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, rather, uh, to the bar. So,
1: yeah,
0: were bars a frequent place that these after parties went to, or I mean, were diners popular, or yep.
1: We did diners, we did bars, and we did houses. That was pretty much, pretty much where, the, the bars were usually in whatever hotel the wrestlers were staying at, um, because it just made it easier, especially if my ex and I had to bring someone to the airport, it was just easier to be at the hotel already. Um, one of my other bar stories, though, it's not when I was working for anyone, it was, as a, Fan slash friend. Um, I went up to Rochester with a girlfriend of mine. We had been friendly with some of the guys from Ring of Honor that wrestled for a small promotion in Rochester. And we had met them many times before. This was not our first rodeo. And we were at the bar. We were not drinking. We were just sitting, hanging out. And a fellow by the name of Brody Lee walks up to us. Tall as can be and looks at us and just goes, who are you? And we explained to him who we were, but he was so far gone at this point that he just kept asking, who are you? And finally he gave up and just walked away. And that's a story that we still laugh about to this very day, given Brody Lee is now Luke Harper. Just throwing that out there. So out of
0: curiosity, <laughs> why was he so fixated on who you were?
1: Because he was drunk out of his mind. Fair enough. But I think he I think he was it was one of those things where he knew everybody else there even when he was not sober. But he oh, like okay. forgot who we were, even though we had talked to him a half hour prior. So that's what made it like more entertaining for us, I guess. Like we just talked to you, you know who we are.
0: <laughs> it kind of sounds like his daily Twitter message. I don't know if you're
1: that thing is great. that thing is great it's Tuesday. i just you i'm still wonder-
0: I'm still wondering what the whole point of it is, but you know it is what I it hope is.
1: it goes somewhere. I hope it goes somewhere, and if it doesn't, that's even better.
0: yeah, I mean, it's but very likely it not at this point, but hey, uh, oh, it's probably. too bad that he's not doesn't seem to be involved in the um. Wrestlemania match uh, this year It really looked like they I were know. headed that way Where he was going to be involved
1: Trust me I was so excited When I thought he was going to have a chance Yeah But alas
0: <laughs> Alright so you've met Rowdy so, Roddy, yeah. Roddy, Roddy so, Piper He's uh, a very yes. generous Drinker apparently uh, You've met yes. uh, You've ran into Brody Lee or Lou Carper uh, Yes who, who else have we, have we crossed paths with?
1: Oh, you name them. I've crossed paths. (laughs) Um, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, uh, Jerry Lawler, and I work together a lot. Um,
0: Jerry Lawler, really?
1: Oh, yeah. I've done uh, Meet and Greet with Jerry Lawler, and I've driven Jerry Lawler to the airport as well. Or been in the car that was driving Jerry Lawler to the airport.
0: Now, I mean, I don't want to give anything away. I know we've got a a pretty good uh, airport ride story eventually in the hopper. Um, but I have to ask, what, what is a airport ride like with Jerry the King Lawler?
1: Well, it was my ex-driving, Viscera, Big Daddy V, in the front seat. We actually had to get a bigger car because he didn't fit in the original rental. Um, Makes sense. in the front seat. In the back seat, it was a local wrestler to my right, me in the middle, and Jerry Lawler to my left. Um, so I started texting a friend and he was like, who are you texting at seven o'clock in the morning? And he started like reading my text messages. And then he told us stories about Michael Cole and the 16 year old girl that always sat front row because she was in love with Michael Cole. (laughs) And it was like a Michael Cole, Todd Grisham, Jerry Lawler thing. Um, he is very nice. He is... Fun to work with. He's very down to earth. Um, people will ask him really dumb questions sometimes, but he handles it like a champ and then makes fun of them after they walk away. Um, but he's he's wonderful. I enjoy working with him very much. I worked with him um, this past summer, actually, as well.
0: Oh, cool. I I'm, mean, I'm impressed yeah. that Jerry Waller continues to uh, work. I mean, especially after, you know, that last heart scare of his, um, the fact that he is still wrestling uh, in rings, I, I think is is amazing at his age and given his um, medical history. Although, I mean, apparently he's doing relatively well. Otherwise, he wouldn't be, I imagine.
1: Right. And he doesn't wrestle hard matches like he used to. At the last show I was at, he came out and got like a lap dance. <laughs> uh, the godfather had some ladies you know give jerry lawler some love um but he still gets a huge pop he's at almost every single one of their shows and his pop is ridiculous every single time so even if he just shows up does a couple moves or says some stuff on the mic he's still a huge huge draw hmm.
0: so what was it like driving big daddy v to the airport
1: he was nice. I didn't really talk to him much because um, I was talking to Jerry most of the time. But um,
0: I said to, to imagine his... physically imposing, intimidating presence, right? He
1: was huge. Yeah. Um, like I said, we had to get a bigger car. Wow. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. But, Fair enough.
1: Yeah. I um I've also driven in a car with uh, Sergeant Slaughter. And no offense to Sergeant Slaughter, I'm sure his stories were wonderful, but I was going on no sleep, and it was 5 in the morning, and I fell asleep. So I didn't hear any <laughs> conversation that
0: happened. I think that's – I mean, he's got one of those voices that I could see. It's a little monotone. It's droning on. Like, yeah, I could totally yeah. see, like, just – and I don't mean this in a negative way, just, like, you know, lulling you to sleep with those dulcet tones.
1: That's exactly what happened. Like I said, if I, if I had been wide awake, I probably would have been fine but I had not slept that night and it was five in the morning. He had a six 30 flight or something. So I fell asleep.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Cause like you think about always the WWE, you think about superstars, renting cars, getting on planes, taking buses, whatever, getting to the next town, getting to the next show. They've got this killer schedule. They are on the road 320 days a year or, or whatever it is. Um, for independent shows, of course, to get to different locations, people have to fly in, they have to fly out, they have to, uh, you know, find hotels and things. But, you know, I never really thought about that before. I mean, the killer schedule is one thing for WWE because it's always the next show. But, uh, I never really thought about how, you know, just you going to an airport to pick up someone or to drop them off. That's totally a thing that independent promotions, I presume have to be able to offer. Um, Have just a a driver? Is that a common thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're a good promoter, you book the flight. Because we would, if we had to pick someone up or take them to the airport, we would get the flight itinerary sent to our email, actually. Um, So if you're a good promoter, you book their flight, you find someone, you know, one of your staff to go and pick them up or bring them. It's depending on who they are. If another company is bringing them in, which has happened, like with um, Paul Hogan and Bret Hart, it wasn't my promoter that brought them in, it was through another company. They handle that, but if it's the promoter himself, or herself, that's bringing them in, they would get the flight, they would get the hotel accommodations, and their staff would do the pickup and drop off.
0: So do these guys... So if the promoter is paying for the flight, and I imagine this depends on the deal and imagines on... You know the individual and stuff, but are they flying coach? Are they flying business class? Are are they springing for a first class seat for these guys? De- that, I mean, depending on who it is, I imagine, right? But
1: the ones the ones I've talked to have flown first class.
0: Really? Because
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, they're not going to throw Ric Flair in coach.
0: <laughs> no, I imagine not. But you know,
1: no.
0: <laughs> but, but but yeah, I mean, I think.
1: No, like you said, it depends on who it is. Um, If they're flying in a guy from Ring of Honor or back in the day when we bring in Samoa Joe or AJ Styles, they probably flew them in coach. But when you're talking Ric Flair or Bret Hart or Jim Neidhart, they're flying in first class.
0: Jim Nighthart is flying first class?
1: Oh, I don't know. I never asked. I'm just assuming. I just went with them.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. So, what else you got?
1: What else do I got? Should we go? Should we jump right into my other airport ride story? Because I know that's you know that's one of your favorites. It's one of my favorites, absolutely. (laughs) Um. So it was. I want to say two thousand and eight. It was after a show. It was very late at night. Um. We were taking Ric Flair and Reed Flair back to the airport or to the hotel. I'm sorry. We were taking them to the hotel because they had a flight the next morning. I'm not paying too much attention. I just hear Rick on the phone and he's not talking any certain way, but then I hear, okay, baby, I'll call you right back. And then he hangs up. Then he says, I hear him go, Hey, sweetheart. And I just thought he was on the phone. And then he's like, sweetheart. And he taps me on the shoulder. And I'm like, yes. I turn around in the passenger seat. And he's like, can you write down this number for me? So he gives me a number. I punch it in my phone. I don't call it. He just wants to remember it. He calls somebody else, says some inappropriate things, (laughs) and then asks me for that number. So when he, so I didn't say too much. They get out of the car at the hotel. And the person driving and I, we look at each other and we're like, oh, my God. Like, he just set up these girls to meet him at the hotel to do Ric Flair type of things.
0: And Styling, profiling, wasn't... limousine oh, riding. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, oh, yeah. th- those sorts of Ric Flair things, I presume.
1: He, he is the Ric Flair persona, if I've ever seen it. And he shows up everywhere in a suit. Um, he answers his door in a suit, he goes grocery shopping in a suit, he does not own a pair of jeans, from what I understand. Um, I lived in Charlotte for a while, and the amount of people you run into that have seen Ric Flair at the grocery store in a full-on suit, everyone will tell you that that is who he is as a person.
0: I mean, I guess it's better than wearing one of those feathered, uh, robes to the grocery store, right?
1: I wonder if Charlotte does. I could see Charlotte doing that. <laughs> but, Maybe um, so. But yeah, and it was, you know, Reed slept the entire time. And unfortunately, it was that following weekend that, he, or no, it was that following Monday that he got pulled over for possession. And we were like, oh my God. Like, if that was us two days ago, like, we could have gotten in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. I well,
0: mean, it's just he, amazing he seen, the, like, really the nice stories day. and lives. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, certainly. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah. It's good to hear that that was a good memory, I guess.
1: It, it was. It's funny. It's a fun story. I mean, it was one of the first stories that I told you when oh, yeah. we met. So, I mean, it's one of those stories that I have not forgotten.
0: I, I just, I like to, I mean, Ric Flair famously uh, lives the gimmick. You know what I mean? He He's he, he, he always been saying, you know, you, you got to live it, you got to be going to the Ritz, you got to be going back, you got to be showing the fans that you're not staying at the days in, you know. And it sounds like he's really, to this day, still living the gimmick.
1: He does. He absolutely lives the gimmick. And, you know, like you said, that doesn't happen a lot with a lot of these guys anymore, um, with the exception of Kevin Owens on Twitter. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> so it was It was funny. It was fun to see And the guy that was driving the car is a huge Ric Flair fan. So as soon as he got out of the car, we realized this. He started going on with the, you know, styling and profiling and woo! And he was all very excited that he witnessed the Ric Flair that we all grew up with, I guess.
0: All right. Fair enough. Um, What
1: else you got for me, Doc Man? So
0: wait, you said that was 2008? Yeah. Okay. So that may have been between marriages, actually. That's interesting.
1: Probably. I don't think, I don't think he was married at the time.
0: Yeah. Anyways. Um, I'm blank in here.
1: Oh, uh, let's see. I could try to,
0: Oh, I don't know what else is oh. on your list. So I wasn't able to make a segue there.
1: That is true. Um, I know we said how I worked with Velvet Sky a lot and I worked with Angelina a lot, a lot. Um, They obviously eventually started trusting me with Jerry Lawler. No shady stuff was going to happen there. Um, (laughs) But the the very first time that they trusted me with someone that they knew I would have, you know, hard eyes for was I begged them. I went up to the promoters who are the gentleman who's in charge of the meet and greet. And I begged and begged and begged. And they were like, if you don't do this job, if you fool around. If you hit on him the entire time, you're out. And I got to work with Paul London. And it has, it was probably the highlight of my life up at that point. Um, it was a two-night two show weekend. And I worked with him the first show. We had a great time together. He was so much fun. And the next night I went in and I said, So who am I working with? And the guy looked at me. He was so angry. He was like, paul london wants to work with you again and i was like yes <laughs> i told you i would do my job so i got to work with paul london for a weekend and it was amazing
0: <laughs> the king we played basketball of basketball the... together
1: well... too it's pretty awesome
0: yeah so what is paul london like
1: he... paul london i have not seen him he's on lucha underground now isn't he
0: He is. is he? Uh, white he Rabbit is. Tribe. Okay. He's got an amazing codpiece.
1: Okay, see, I haven't seen him on Lucha Underground, but I feel like that is who he is as a person. Um, he's very silly. He's very outgoing. He's okay. very happy. Um, you know, people would ask him if he'd ever go back to WWE, and he would be like, absolutely not. Um, he he was very happy once he left, I think. Um I think he was fine there, but he has the freedom to do more elsewhere. So he did a few shows for us, and he was he was a blast. He was an absolute blast.
0: Yeah, I mean, if that's a common thing that you hear these days. Uh, people don't feel like they have to work for the WWE, you know? They're able to make a good living just sort of working the independents yeah. and finding spots elsewhere. Um, it, it's a great time, I think, probably to be in professional wrestling as a performer. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's good to hear that. You know, there is a thriving sort of scene that enables guys, you know, like Paul London, maybe not the traditional sort of superstar, certainly from his run in the WWE, but, you know, a guy who has tons of fans, super talented, and is just supremely athletically gifted, I would say, you know, in terms of pro- professional wrestling. Uh, yeah, I guess a guy like that who just... I don't know what you. I don't know whether or not he feels like he got his due in the WWE or not. And I can't say I even can't remember his full run because that was probably at a time when I wasn't um, paying attention to it uh, as much as I, I do now. But um, right. I just think his it's de- great that His
1: debut. His debut SmackDown was my first SmackDown.
0: Oh, awesome! Okay. Yeah. No wonder that he means more to you then.
1: <laughs> he. Got- he got squashed by Brock Lesnar.
0: <laughs> a good claim to fame. A <laughs> oh, good way to debut. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, but go, piggybacking on what you said, though, I mean, I look at the guys in Ring of Honor. We have a lot of Ring of Honor guys that come and work for us and the company. And, you know, our champions are all Ring of Honor guys. Um, typically, when the belt is taken off of them, it's because the Ring of Honor schedule has gotten too intense. Um, but it was funny cause I don't remember, was it this past? No, I don't think it was this past, uh, DDT show. I think it was the week before when, uh, DC mentioned all these guys he wants to see on NXT and they were all Ring of Honor guys that I've worked with. Dalton Castle, um, what's his name? Warbeard Hansen. you know, all these guys. And I'm like, they would be great on NXT. But I think they're so happy with where they are right now that, you know, if they get there, great. But it used to be the end goal for so many guys, and I don't think it is anymore.
0: Yeah. No, that's a sentiment that I think is going around. And, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, TNA or Impact, whatever they're calling themselves these days before. But, I mean, that that's a company that's going undergoing flux. They're in a better financial and business position than they have been in years. And, you know, just Mm -hmm. having an alternative venue one way or another, another place for talents to go and to work and to be on television. Uh, you know, I think that's a net positive for the industry to have more of those healthy types of places, more outlets, um, for people to work. Um, so yeah, again, I don't think there's a better time certainly to be a wrestling fan and it seems mm-hmm. to me like it's also a great time, uh, probably for the people working in the industry as well.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, there's a bunch of options. I think I haven't been to a ring of honor show in years, but I'd love to go to one, um, just to see how much they've changed and how much they've stayed the same too. Um, cause they look fun, but I don't watch Impact. I can't bring myself to do it. Um, You know, that's just where I'm at right there with that. I think WWE, NXT, that takes up all my energy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't have enough time. I famously keep saying on the show, there's just too much wrestling. There's too much wrestling. There's too much wrestling. Because there is too much wrestling. Just trying to watch, you know, the live events, pay-per-views, whatever you want to call them from WWE, Raw, SmackDown. Uh, as you see, I, I I don't keep up with 205. I don't keep up with NXT as much as I would even like. Uh, I, I was doing good watching Lucha Underground when that was around, but like that was it. That was my limit. Like I I don't right. know. There are people out there seeking out progress shows and uh, ICW and uh, all sorts of things. I, I just I don't know. Where are people finding the time? Where do you find the time, people? <laughs> I I don't have I don't it. Know. That's for sure.
1: I don't know. And. You know, I have, a, I have a Roku stick, and it actually has an independent wrestling network on it. And it has, like, all these old matches, and it has some names. Um, they have, like, OVW matches and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, maybe one day I'll sit down and actually watch these, but not right now. <laughs>
0: not right now. <laughs> not yeah. right
1: now. But I've met a lot of people. I have had a lot of experiences. I know some of these stories, most of these stories you heard for the
0: first time so yeah thank you for taking some thing. time to share them with me obviously you said you know first and foremost most you're you're a huge wrestling fan it's cleared to yeah. hear in your voice the enthusiasm uh you know these are good memories good times uh clearly formative uh and it's good to see yeah. that you know you haven't burned out on it That you still enjoy uh wrestling
1: I do. And, you know, it's fun because I went to a show for the promotion that I worked for um, just as a fan. And it was the first time I had been there in about nine months and I didn't work it. I just showed up with my friend. We paid our money and we went and sat down. And there was a title change that I was not expecting. There was an awesome cage match. There was chairs that I didn't set up. And it was fun to go as a fan because I think I would have known about that title change ahead of time. And to not know again and to relive that, like, fan moment, it was fun. And I had a blast. Um, And I still like going to shows as a fan. I still like watching it on TV. And one of the guys I've worked with, not directly too much, um, but if you told 18-year-old Rachel that Matt Hardy would know her by name, she would never believe you. And it's still, like, I still get giddy about it to this very day when he says hello to me. So... That's great. I, I'm definitely still very much a fangirl at heart.
0: That's okay. Uh, you know, I think we all just want to be fangirls at heart.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it's your, you know, hashtag life
0: goal. Uh, not so much mine, but DC, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's almost there. He's almost there.
0: Almost there. All right. Well, oh, I. There. Let's start wrapping this thing up here. Um,
1: Let's do it. Again. Smackdown's on. At Rach
0: Noel. (laughs) uh, Rach double H Noel on Twitter. Uh, You know, big wrestling fan. Glad to have you rejoining us here today. Talking a little bit more about some of your experiences. Uh, Again, thank you for sharing. I think people are going to kick out of it. Because I,
1: I just... I hope so. I just... I hope so. It's supposed to be fine. I don't
0: think I did your stories as much justice this time, because I, I heard some of them before, you know? Like, the Ric Flair thing, um, <laughs> hearing it for the first time, and certainly having friend of the show, GQ, I think there as well. He
1: heard it, yeah. You know, like, yep.
0: hearing that all together, that that was something we certainly weren't able to emulate here on the recording, but... uh. I, <laughs> Yeah, it's just it just boggles my mind how many people you've crossed paths with that you know. That I mean, like I said, it's, it sounds like a simple thing. Matt Hardy knows my name, but <laughs> you've you've worked with him eno- like that's actually. You have any idea how many people Matt Hardy meets in a year? Probably, like
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I, that I don't know. There's something cool about that, and. You know, people always I, I think I get a lot of feedback on the show, the proper DDT wrestling that you know, I'm the nope of negativity. I'm always I'm always down <laughs> on things. I but you know, I think, you know, just like you said when you went to this show recently and you you were surprised by the title change. I think that's what we're all looking for as wrestling fans. I think we're looking to be surprised. We we we're, we're hoping to be you know, this sounds corny, but we're looking to be delighted. You know what I mean? Like we really are. We're, we're waiting for that thing that we weren't expecting to come out. And, I, anyways, it's great to see that that exists somewhere because Lord knows it doesn't exist in me anymore. Um, so <laughs> that's a good thing, and hopefully, some other people can draw off of that positive energy in this episode of Doc Talk as well.
1: I hope so. I hope so. It's it's fun to be a wrestling fan go to independent shows. That's that's my piece is support independent wrestling no matter where you live because before they were AJ Styles, they were wrestling in a high school gym. Before they were Samoa Joe, they were wrestling at a fair, you know. Right. So go and support them because that's that's what you see on TV right now and that's what makes it really really special. Right. I think.
0: Absolutely. All right. She is at Rach Noel. That's Rach with two H's, Noel, on Twitter. I am at Doc Manson, of course. Feel free to follow me. Feel free to follow her uh, after you hear this. If you would like to, you know, uh, have a comment written, read on the air. I can read that during the normal DDT wrestling. Our email address is DDT at gmail.com. So please certainly send those along. Go to iTunes. Give us a five star review. Uh, I will accept no less than five stars. So if you're thinking about four stars, uh, it's right out. Forget it. Don't even bother. But if it's five stars, go to iTunes and leave one of those for us, please. Uh, so thank you, Rach. Anything else to add before we send this thing off?
1: I don't think so. I'm the first repeat guest on Doc Talk. That's I'm true. Stoked
0: about that. And not only are you I a know. repeat, you're a consecutive repeat. There have been no guests in wow. between your appearances.
1: That's awesome. I feel really
0: special. Yeah. All right. All right, but though.
1: it's been fun. Thanks, everyone.
0: <laughs> All right. Again, at Doc Manson at Rach Noel. Until next time, everybody. We'll see you around the neighborhood.